Hey everyone, it's me. I just wanted to hit you guys with some quick announcements before we get to this week's episode real fast. As you guys have probably noticed, the title of this is a little different. This is the project I've been working on that I mentioned a few times uh, in the mid-game announcements of the main campaign. I've been working on this for a little bit of time now, and I just wanted to say that, one, I'm not a voice actor, two, I'm not a writer by any means, and this is kind of my first attempt at both, not both, not really voice acting, I do some simple voices in this, but it's my first time ever really writing something, like an actual story, not like an outline that I follow for D&D campaigns, so... I hope everybody likes it. Um, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. Oh, I guess I should mention that there are no spoilers in this. So if you want to listen to this, um, there's no spoilers. You don't have to listen to this. You won't miss out on anything except for some lore and some cool stuff. Um, so I would uh, I would listen to it if you've been listening along and following uh, since the beginning of campaign. Or if you just want to listen to something else that I've created. So... Uh, all the music in this um, is done by Ivan Dutch, again, as I mentioned before in other, uh, other episodes. And um, without further ado, let's get you right to it. I hope everybody enjoys this villain paralogue of Volwin Dodora. Hey there, adventurers. Get those headphones adjusted, immerse yourself in fantasy, and roll the intro. Chapter 1. War. War. Such a simple way of showing a force of power, Volwin thought as he flew through the cold night sky on the back of his adult black dragon. Standing up on his mount, Volwin balanced himself, long white hair blowing in the wind behind him. With outstretched arms, Volwin closed his eyes, thinking of why he even took the Republican Council up on their offer to join this ridiculous civil war of theirs. I guess the gold wasn't bad. And the Republican Council did give me permission to continue my... other business plans. The real reason I came to this desert wasteland of a continent in the first place, Volwin thought to himself. Opening his eyes, Volwyn stared up at the full moon in the sky. Another voice came across his mind. Master, we are approaching the FOB. I am going to start our descent. Very well, Othrax, Volwyn responded as he sat back down behind the large, horned head of Othrax. Volwyn gripping tightly around one of the large black spikes running down Althrax's spine, the black dragon folded in the outer parts of its wings, and the two began to descend into a nosedive. Volwin couldn't help but to smile every time the two did this, breaking through clouds like a knife, reaching speeds that would make normal beings pass out due to the force of G's experienced when Volwin and Othrax performed such a maneuver. Screaming towards the desert ground of Udesh, 
Othrex unfolded his wings at the last second to catch an uplift before hitting the ground. Now the two, just inches away from the ground, made their final approach to the objective that was assigned to Volwyn by the Republican Council. Apparently, an FOB, or Forward Operating Base, was assaulted by a spec ops group from the Greycoats, the rebels that have been the Republicans' opposing force for the last five years. With a few powerful beats of Althrex's large black wings, they landed. Jumping off the back of Althrex, Volwyn adjusted his shoulders and thought to himself, Time to get to work. Sir, right this way! Lucius has eagerly been awaiting your arrival, a young-looking elven soldier said to Volwyn, rushing up to him and greeting him with a salute. Enough of the saluting. Take me to Lucius. If he has been eagerly awaiting my arrival, then he must have found something interesting. With a gesture from Volwyn to the young soldier to lead the way, the soldier stuttered, Yes, sir! Volwyn was used to this reaction from younger soldiers that only heard of the stories of a dragon-riding drow. Drow not being a very common race to run into around the world of Vora, but one that has an adult black dragon for a mount is really unheard of. Drow already have a nasty history, and most, if not all drow, are usually not trusted by the other races that inhabit Vora. Volwyn used this to his advantage, to insert fear and uncertainty into people that he would deal with. As the young elven soldier led Volwyn through the destroyed FOB to where Lucius was, Volwyn could see other soldiers quickly moving out of their way as they walked. A malicious grin formed on Volwyn's dark, gray-skinned face. This is the exact reaction Volwyn was out to set for himself when he was around others. Fear is a very powerful weapon, and the more fear Volwyn could inflict upon everyone's life around him, the greater Volwyn felt. Following the soldier deeper into the destroyed FOB, coming around a bin of a half-collapsed building, Volwyn saw the man named Lucius, a middle-aged human male with dark, greasy hair that never looks to be washed pale eyes that would make you think this man is blind, but Lucius sees more than many with perfect vision. At least, from the times that Volwyn and Lucius worked together, that's what Volwyn thought. Lucius was also a feared member of the Republican Special Forces, who specialized in torture and information extraction. Lucius was currently standing in the middle of a pool of blood, with a dagger raised to the moonlight, watching droplets of fresh blood drip off the blade tip. Good evening, Lucius, Volwyn spoke quietly. Ah, Volwyn. I thought I heard the landing of something large outside, Lucius spoke, never looking away from the dripping blood. It looks like you have been enjoying yourself, Lucius. Volwyn spoke as he started to walk around the scene, looking at the three dead bodies laying around Lucius. Volwyn continued. Did they have any good information? Finally taking his eyes off the dripping blood, Lucius responds. No fun was had tonight, my drow friend. These are supposed to be the Greycoat soldiers. They started spilling everything they knew within five minutes of playing with them. I don't like it when my toys are obedient. That only makes me angry. So what was so important that I had to make a three-hour flight 
out to the middle of fucking nowhere, Volan said impatiently. Volan did not consider Lucius a friend, but yet a resourceful tool that he may use to better his own endeavors. Licking the blood from the blade, and with a sigh to follow, Lucius replied, Ah, yes, Volwyn, I did get some information out of these pathetic pieces of meat. It would appear that the leader of the Greycoats, Asim Bishhara, is returning to Tizane. Asim has also called back all of his troops, and it looks like this will be the final defending point for the Greycoats. Handing Volwyn a couple of scrolls and a journal confirming the three dead Greycoats' information, Lucius continued, Looks like this war is coming to an end. A shame, really. I was hoping it would drag out for just a bit longer. Ah, oh well. What are your plans for after the war, my drow friend? Will you be serving the council? Sitting down on a set of stairs leading up to a building, Volwyn started to read through the scrolls in the journal, completely ignoring Lucius. After a few moments, Volwyn finally spoke. I believe you may be right, Lucius. The council will be pleased to hear that the five-year war is finally coming to an end. The council will have rule over Yudesh once again. Standing up and tucking the scrolls and journal away under his dark purple cloak, Volwyn turns to Lucius. Well, if that's everything, I shall take my leave from this wretched place. The council will need to be informed of this immediately. On a turn of Volwyn's heel, he started his way back to Althrax to take to the night sky once more. Lucius called after Volwyn. Ah, leaving so soon, my drow friend. I found a bottle of whiskey we could drink. Let us dull our senses for the evening, shall we? Without turning around or slowing his pace, you know I don't partake in anything that dulls my senses. With a shrug, Lucius leans down to one of the soldier's packs and retrieves a bottle of whiskey from it, popping the cork and taking a big swig from it. Turning to the young elven soldier, Lucius spoke, Tell the others we are leaving. We have a long journey to Tizane. Yes, sir! The young elven soldier replied and hurried off to inform the other soldiers of their new orders. finished muster. Althrax spoke upon Volwyn's return. Yes, Althrax. We need to return to Latra at once and inform the council of our findings here. Speaking while climbing up to his usual spot on Althrax's back. I believe it should take us roughly three hours to get there. Should be just in time before the sun rises. With a few powerful beats of Althrax's large black wings, the two were once again flying through the cold night air of Udesh. Pulling out a golden medallion in the form of a spider, Volan looked down upon it in his hand. Tightening his grip around the spider medallion under his breath, I shall not fail. This war will be over soon, and I shall be able to continue my quest to bring you back to the mortal realm, my goddess. All shall know the name Lolf. Still, with a tight grasp around the medallion, Volwyn opened his eyes and looked up at the clear, starry night sky. 
After a few moments of stargazing, Volwin replaced the golden medallion under his mithril breastplate. Leaning over Othrex's large body to get an idea of where they were at over Udash, Volwin spotted a small group of lights beneath them. Must be Bakadar. A small town that I have not had the pleasure of visiting yet. Lucky for them, I have not been needed there. At the rate the war is going, I'll be leaving Udesh in the next couple of months. Though, I did hear of a skilled alchemist that lives in Bakada. She might be useful to me in my future endeavors that will come after this war. Speaking of which, I should start putting feelers out for a cult of some sort that could help me with my goal here. Yes, a cult should do nicely. One that knows the history of Udesh very well. That is going to be needed to find this golden dragon book. Without it, my plan will still be fruitful, but things will go more smoothly with the ancient dragons if I do have that book. Bolin thought to himself as he flew over Bakada. I shall not forget about you, alchemist. What shall your destiny become? Will you help me or die in refusal? Taking his gaze from the passing town and back up to the stars. What shall the council do upon retrieving this information? I'm sure they will take their precious time forming some over-elaborate plan to attack the city of Tazane. I will have to speed this process up as fast as possible in order to get back to pursuing my goals. Welcome back, sir. A blue dragonborn greeted Volwyn as he climbed down from Othrex. With a nod towards the dragonborn, Volwyn left Othrex to the dragonborn's care. The blue dragonborn was almost a caretaker of Othrex while Volwyn was not in need of his mount. Volwyn never cared to ask the blue dragonborn what his name was because Volwyn simply did not care to know it or anyone else's name that weren't of importance. Volwyn's dark purple cape billowed behind him as he walked through the busy halls of the tower that the Republican Council ruled from. As usual, people would hurry to get out of Volwyn's way, either out of fear or just respect. Reaching an elevator that would bring Volwyn to the top of the tower to discuss the news from Lucius with the Council, Volwyn stepped in and hit a glowing button with the number 46 on it. After a brief moment... The elevator doors opened to a large circular room with a domed ceiling. Windows that reached to the top of the domed ceiling allowed a bright morning sun to outline the silhouettes of the council members sitting comfortably in their soft chairs. Ah, Volan, just the person we all wanted to see. We were just talking about you, said the council member known as Tiramak. Tiramak was the voice of the council, the one that did all the talking. Volwyn hated all the members of the council equally, except for Tiermak. Tiermak loved hearing himself talk, which made Tiermak the best candidate for the voice of the council. Volwyn spoke. I hope it wasn't about how to convince me to join your laughable group of loyal dogs. Tiermak laughed. <laughs> Insightful as ever. Yes, we were actually talking about that very thing. Wearing the same expression of disgust, Volan did not reply. Tiramak continued, Very well. I can see you are not in the joking mood. 
Out with it, then. What information did you find out from Lucius? It would appear that Asim is calling all of his troops back to Tizane for a final stand against you. With the city's unique location on a mesa, and only one real way to travel by ground to the city is up an incline. I believe Asim thinks this will give them an advantage over your large number of troops. Here is the documentation proving this claim. Fulwin approached the council members, laid the journal and scrolls that Lucius gave him in front of Tiermak. Tiermak lifting the scrolls up to the light, he began to read. A grin spread across Tiermak's face before speaking. This war is finally going to come to an end. How delightful. With all of Asim's gray coats in one location, we can make one final assault to take them all out. And once we have Asim captured, we'll have a public execution for Asim, in honor of victory. And you will be on your way to completing whatever you came here for. Volwin couldn't stop himself from grinning. And the gold promised? Delivered to you as soon as the Battle of Tizane is won, Tiermak said. Volwin straightened up and turned on his heel towards the elevator. Where are you going so soon? You don't even know the plan, Tiermak called after Volwin. As Volwin pressed the button to call the elevator, I don't need to know your overly complicated plan. Just tell me the date and the time of the assault, and I will win this silly little war for you. The elevator doors opened as Volwin stepped inside and turned to face the council. Then I can rid myself from all of your insignificant and pathetic ruling faces. As the doors to the elevator closed, Volwin could hear the council shouting after him, probably saying things like, Watch how you speak to us, or Volwin's favorite line, You'll regret turning us into enemies. Once Volwin's plan is completed, all mortals shall know true power. In the following days of Volwin's visit to the council, they started putting together a battle plan on how to assault Tizane, the last city that is occupied by the Greycoats. After Volwin was done meeting with the council, he returned to his quarters to get some rest. Volwin had his quarters in the tower that the Republican council ruled from. This was convenient for both Volwin and the Republican council. Othrex had a living space in the tower, as well as multiple servants, to keep the dragon pleased. With Othrex being in the tower, this made it convenient for Volwyn to have his mount close by at all times. Having Volwyn in the tower was convenient for the Republican Council, so they could keep an eye on their untrustworthy drow captain. Reaching the door to his quarters, Volwyn unlocked the door and pushed it open. Right on the other side of the door was a sealed letter laying on the ground that had a capital V written on the front of it. Closing the door behind him, Volwyn leaned down and grabbed the letter off the ground. Walking to the back of the room where Volwyn had a large desk, he sat down and opened the letter. We have found a cult that has information on the object that you seek here. They are based out of Bahaset and seem to have a fairly large operation going on in that city. They seem to be up to the task, but they are asking to meet with you and have a sit-down to discuss the complications of retrieving said item. I did not want to write the name of said cult in case my runner was caught by prying eyes while transporting this letter to you. When you have some free time, come see me. I'll be in the usual spot. Dropping the letter on his desk, 
Bowen leaned back in his cushioned chair and closed his eyes. I'll go see him tomorrow night. I need my rest. Volan thought to himself. And with that, Volan got up and walked into a smaller room of his quarters. The walls in this room were painted black, and the windows were blacked out by thick black drapes that did not allow any sunlight to pass through. Volan sat down on top of his knees in the middle of the room, closed his eyes, and went into a deep trance. Drower descendants from an elven bloodline. This has its perks, like not needing actual sleep, but a deep meditation for half the time, a non-elven being who needs a good six to eight hours of sleep. Opening his eyes slowly, Volwin stood up, awakening from his trance, and left his meditation room. Filling up a glass full of water, he drank it all in one go. Turning on his heel, Volwin walked to a standing cupboard and donned loosely fitting black clothing, something similar to what a monk would wear. It was time to do some training. Locking the door to his quarters behind him, Volwin left and headed to the training facility. Another perk of living in the tower is that the Republican Council built an extremely advanced training facility that took up the whole 29th level of the tower. Being trained in the way of the blade, since he could walk, trained in the way of magic, since he could read, and trained in the way of the monk, since he started to like to fight, Volwin was a very unique fighter indeed. Stepping off the elevator and onto the training floor, Volwin made his way back to a hand-to-hand training dummy, a large wooden cylinder that stood six feet tall, with wooden arms sprouting from the cylinder frame in all different directions. This dummy helps you train your offense and defense when it comes to -to hand-to-hand combat. Most of the other soldiers called this the wooden man post. Starting to stretch his arms and legs out, Volwin's keen, elvish hearing caught the sounds of trouble coming his way. Heavy footsteps grew closer to Volwin, though he did not pay much attention to them. Hey, don't they got somewhere special for you to train by yourself? A man's voice came from behind Volwin. This facility suits me just fine, Volwin said in a calm voice. You see... We all got a problem training with the likes of you, drow. I think it's time you find a new place to train before we... Before you what? Force me? Volan cut off the man that was standing behind him, finally standing up after completing his stretches and turning to face the man that was bothering him. The man was much larger than Volwin in height and weight. Volwin, being elven-born, was 5 foot 10 inches and 130 pounds at most. Volwin knew this man to be Marcus Bajas, a barbarian by nature, grew up on the highland plains of Udesh in the roaming tribe of the Kadoa. Marcus was a strong fighter, but he lacked a calm mind and usually let his rage get the best of him. Volwin looked around as the eight men that Marcus brought with him to confront the drow started to circle him. I didn't realize I would have so many sparring partners today. Nine against one? Seems a bit unfair to me. You might need to bring more men over here, Marcus, if you want a fair fight, Volwin said with a grin on his face. Ha! You hear that, boys? This cocky bastard thinks he can take on all of Squad 8. 
Let's show this drow how mistaken he is. Get him, boys! In this instance, Volwin got into a fighting stance and prepared for the first attack. A fist came from behind Volwin, but Volwin sensed it coming, moving his head just enough to the left so that the fist would miss. Grabbing the wrist of the first attacker, Volwin pulled the man closer and with lightning speed brought his right fist up into the man's nose. Hearing a cracking sound, Volwin knew the man's nose just broke. Blood instantly spilling out of the first attacker's nose, but Volwin wasn't finished with the man yet. Spinning on his heel, Volwin now facing the man, his wrist still tight in Volwin's grasp. With his free hand, Volwin grabbed the man by the belt and started to tumble backwards. In a flash, Volwin was on his back with his feet on the man's chest, and with a powerful push from Volwin's legs, the man went flying into the second man coming to attack Volwin. The two men hit the ground hard. Seeing the drow on the ground, two more men rushed in to try and pin Volwin to the ground, but they were not fast enough. Spotting this, Volwin planted both of his hands on the ground firmly. With a quick twist, he spun around and kicked the two men that were coming in to pin him in the face hard. Volwin could feel the first man's jaw break when his foot collided with his jaw, but was only able to stagger the second attacker. Back up on his feet, Volwin readied for another attack. A large fist was coming straight for Volwin's face. He ducked just in time. Feeling Marcus's fist brush against Volwin's hair, he adjusted and leapt towards Marcus's torso. Striking Marcus's ribs quickly, Volwin then backed up and prepared for another attack. Marcus, staggering back from the last two blows to his ribs, another man from Squad 8 went in on the drought. Volwin predicted the man's movement as the man swung with a heavy right hook. Ducking under the right hook, Volwin moved his foot behind his attacker's right leg, grabbed a hold of the man's right wrist and thrusted it up into the air, while Volwin's other hand grabbed a hold of the man's face. Bringing the man to the floor hard, Volwin pulled from the weave of magic and conjured a ball of fire in his hand. As the man hit the ground, Volwin ignited the man's face with the ball of fire, leaving the man rolling on the ground clutching at his burnt face. Now, dancing back and forth on his feet, I told you that you would need more men to make this a fair fight, Volwin taunted Marcus. Marcus let out a roar of anger. You're dead, Drow! Running towards Volwin in a rage was just what Volwin wanted. Time to finish this, Volwin said under his breath. Volwin started to pull from the weave of magic once again. Lightning began to arc around his right leg. Marcus, not noticing this, due to being in a rage, came in with a strong left hook. Volwin leapt into the air, jumping over the left hook, arching his right foot back. He swung with incredible force. As his right foot made contact with Marcus's left temple, an explosion of lightning went off. Marcus went flying 30 feet across the training facility, head first into a wall, sliding to the ground, not moving. Landing gracefully down on the ground, Volwin looked around at the other men still standing. Well, are we finished, or shall I render the rest of you unconscious? Volwin spoke softly. The remaining men rushed to their smoking, unconscious captain. As they did, a familiar voice came from behind Volwin. Having a training session with Squad 8, I see. 
What do you want, Tiramak? Fulwin said, turning to face the council member. Well, if you're quite done beating up the other squads, it is time. The assault on Tezane will happen tomorrow evening. We hope to have the city by nightfall. Prepare your things as you will need to leave early tomorrow morning. Tiramak turned and headed back to the elevator. I guess it's time for war.